This is NBA Sound System Live, featured on NBA.com sites around the world and archived on the NBA Sound System podcast feed, where you get your podcasts by searching NBA Sound System. Thank you for joining us. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, each with the handle at NBA Sound System, or visit us at NBASoundSystem.com for more. Now, NBA Sound System Live. It is indeed NBA Sound System L-I-V-E Live, Summer League Edition, Free Agency Edition, Off-Season Edition. Carlin Gay alongside Scott Rafferty. We are here live and direct across the NBA Global Networks. ton of countries, Scott, are listening to us right now talk NBA basketball. But first, I got to ask, how you doing, my man? Can't complain. Uh, it feels like we've been able to kind of take a breath at this point of the NBA calendar. Um, you know, the finals followed by the draft, followed by free agency. It is a crazy few weeks. Um, and, and even the Las Vegas, some, well, all the summer leagues after that. But things are starting to slow down a little bit. Um, we're kind of waiting on a couple more dominoes to drop. One of them could be absolutely massive. But uh, it does feel like there's a little bit of a break right now, which, which is nice. Um, yeah. How are you doing, Colin? Not bad. I, uh, I'm enjoying the uh, NBA offseason. Um, it feels like we were running full speed ahead 100 miles an hour from last October to now. Um, but it feels like there's a speed bump in our way before we uh, start going again. So it's, it's nice. It's nice to slow down a little bit. It's nice to enjoy and look back on the season that was. Uh, and also, we still have plenty to talk about, even though there's no games until the end of October. Um, well, if you want to count preseason, we could say beginning of October. Um, but not many people watch those. We do because we're uh, crazy, crazy about this game. <laughs> a little, a little, a little insane about this game. Uh, much to the chagrin of my wife, and I'm sure yours too. Um, they would rather watch other things. But uh, we'll talk about um, summer league a little bit later. Uh, a lot of people watching that, as that's really the only sporting event. No, no disrespect to baseball. Um, it's really the only sporting event that's going on these nights. And a lot of people are tuning in to see uh, the rookies. So we'll talk about that. Um, we'll also talk about some of the rule changes in the NBA. Um, potential rule changes, I should say. Those aren't locked in just yet at the time of speaking to you. Um, but we'll talk about the impact on some of the uh, different rules that we'll have in the league. I'm very happy about one specifically. But Scott, we got to start with KD Kyrie because that seems to be the drama that does not end. Uh, right now, Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving are still members of the Brooklyn Nets. That could change any minute. Um, I feel like we're closer to a Kyrie Irving trade than we are a Kevin Durant trade. And all reports say that Kyrie Irving is likely going to end up in L.A. Um, that feels like the an L.A. Laker, not a Clipper. But that feels like that's the only destination for him. But let's play a game of where you would like to see him end up. So forget about reports. Forget about the rumors. Forget about the, well, don't totally forget about the salary restrictions that are around this trade. But you're a GM or you're just playing NBA 2K. Where do you want to see Kyrie Irving end up next season? I got two answers for you. I think the most interesting would be the Heat. Because they're a team that we know how good they are defensively. But offensively, they can kind of run into some trouble, particularly in the half court. And I think the idea of adding, I mean, we saw how valuable like Tyler Hero is to this team offensively, right? No knock against Tyler Hero, but Kyrie Irving is like a different stratosphere of player compared to him. So the thought of plugging him alongside Jimmy Butler, Bam Adebayo, 
Um, I, I think that would be a fascinating destination for him, not to mention being involved in that heat culture, which, you know, has a life of its own. But I, I think that would probably be the most interesting destination for him. But my favorite is the Mavericks. Look, we, we saw how important Jalen Brunson was to this team this season, how well he played next to Luka Doncic. He was one of the breakout players in the league. He's obviously with the Knicks now, having signed that massive contract to leave um, Dallas. And, I mean, Kyrie Irving ticks a lot of those same boxes and more, right? Um, and we've seen him play next to LeBron James and thrive next to LeBron. You know, they won that one championship together, but they made, what, three finals appearances not to compare Luka Doncic to LeBron, but the way that he kind of controls the game, um, some of the reads he's able to make, everything like that, I, I think it would make for kind of a similar dynamic where obviously Luka would be, you know, the offense would run entirely through him, um, but Kyrie would kind of be that that shooting guard, that that scoring guard next to him who could take some of the playmaking duties off of him. I, that, that, that to me is probably my favorite destination. Um, I, I don't know. I, I don't think it's particularly likely. Like you said, it seems like this is ending up with him in a Lakers uniform if he is traded. But uh, those are the two other teams that kind of jump out to me. Yeah, I wouldn't mind seeing him in Miami. Um, obviously, I'm married into a uh, Miami Heat family. Um, my wife and her father-in-law, big-time Miami. My father-in-law, I should say. Not hers. Mine. Uh, big-time Miami Heat supporters. Um, they've been supporting them since day one. They would love to see. I don't know if they would love to see Kyrie Irving <laughs> in a Heat uniform. I don't think anybody really gets excited about having Kyrie Irving and what he brings to the table. Um on your team, but basketball wise, if you take everything out of it and you're just focused on basketball, he is a really good basketball player. Like he's still a top 10, top 20 player in the NBA um, when he's playing. The question is, is, is he going to give you 82 games or even close to 82 games worth of basketball? Who knows? But he would be an upgrade over Kyle Lowry at this point in his career. I think uh, that wouldn't be a bad fit for the Miami Heat. Uh, Scott, I'm going to give you the boring answer. I actually want to see Kyrie stay in Brooklyn. That's the answer. That's the destination. Stay in Brooklyn. Uh, I would like to see him and Kevin Durant stay in Brooklyn. We have not seen what this team is capable of with a third star, right? Like we got a taste of it with James Harden in the first round of the playoffs in 2020. They they just rolled past the Boston Celtics, just steamrolled them. Then injuries happen, and we are wondering what could have been because Harden's now in Philadelphia. Kyrie's threatening to leave. So is KD. And we never really got to see them peak. Uh, and it was supposed to be scary hours, you know, for for the Nets and the rest of the NBA with this, you know, this team that they built. Last year, um, you know, they obviously got swept by the Boston Celtics. Or I should say this year, they got swept by the Boston Celtics. And I remember watching game one. And after game one went down on the buzzer beater by Jason Tatum, I felt like we were going to get seven games of it. And if you if that Nets team was healthy at that time, um, you know, exclude KD's you know poor performance. If they had Simmons available, if they had Joe Harris, if they had a healthy Bruce Brown, um, you know, Seth Curry not missing missing time in that series, that would have been a different series. Like I, I don't know that the Nets would have won the series, but at least they, I, they, I could feel I could put money on that they wouldn't get swept. Um, they wouldn't have gotten swept. So. I want to see what the Brooklyn Nets look like next season, fully healthy, Patty Mills in tow, the whole nine. Like I, I would like to see what that team looks like. I would like to see, you know, what they have when they have a full regular season in to get to know each other and guys aren't in and out of the lineup, um, full practices, all that stuff. 
Uh, hopefully, knock on wood, COVID is not going to interrupt the season like it did last year. Um, I, I would like to see what we have with the Nets and see it out. You know, give me one more year. Just see it out. After that, if it doesn't work out or if there's still too much drama, okay, I understand. You gave it every shot. You you, you ran it back. You know, this is now going to be the fourth season. Uh, if if they if they go through it with Kyrie Irving, didn't work out. Cool. You you you, you figured it out and you, you can move on now. Give me one more year. That's all I want. One more year, and I and I think the NBA as a whole will be better off for it because we had a lot of parity, Scott, in the NBA. There really wasn't a quote unquote super team this season. And I, and I think it, it led us to see a very competitive conference finals. Um, I, I think it led us to a very competitive race in both conferences when you're talking about that four to eight range, teams that are trying to stay out of the play-in tournament, teams that are trying to get in, just get into the play-in tournament. Um, we had some competitive play-in games except for one, the one blowout where the Hawks beat the Hornets. Um, and if you run it back, you know, there's – I, I can I can truly say right now, next season, if everything stays status quo, the Magic probably don't make the play-in. Pistons are probably two years away, and I would say the same for the Pacers. Outside of that, I think every team in the Eastern Conference, outside of those three teams, I think all 12 teams in the Eastern Conference, if healthy, will have a shot of making the play-in tournament. They have enough talent to make the play-in tournament. Out West, outside of the Rockets, and maybe the young Spurs, you know, give me, give me, and it's a toss up between the Trailblazers and the Thunder. I, I, I would say the same. Like you're still going to have twelve or eleven teams that are going to be competing for postseason, you know, at least postseason play, whether it's one game or two in the play-in tournament, and that's exciting for the NBA. I know not every team's going to win a championship, but you know, more teams being in the mix, good teams being in the mix and battling, um, that's going to be exciting. I agree with you. I mean, I, I would like to see kind of this this version of the Nets at full strength, everyone in uniform. I mean, the, a lot of people were very high on the Ben Simmons, James Harden swap because it, it felt like Simmons being the defender that he is, the stuff that he can do offensively, pushing the pace. We haven't seen him play kind of like that short role, role that like Draymond Green plays in offense for the Warriors, but you'd think that he could thrive in that kind of role. So I, I think people were high on his addition to this team, what he could bring to them. It'd be great to see um, they did lose lose Bruce Brown in free agency. Like he's been a very important piece to this team, but I do think Ben Simmons could kind of do a lot of the same things that he did. Um, they also picked up TJ Warren, which was a, a fascinating signing. Who knows what he's going to bring to this team because he's just been out for so long. The last time we saw him, it felt like he was just dropping. He was the bubble Michael Jordan. He was dropping like fifty points at ease. So um, having another wing scorer take some of the pressure off of them like that. I, I mean, I, I'm with you. I, I do think if kind of everything goes to plan, like everyone's healthy, everyone's in uniform, everyone plays, this Nets team could absolutely kind of compete in these next season. But it's a huge if, right? Um, Kevin Durant, incredible as he still is, hasn't been the most available over the last three seasons since he kind of had that Achilles injury. Kyrie Irving um, is, is not available at all. Um, hasn't been over the last couple of seasons. Ben Simmons, who knows what he's going to look like coming off of that back surgery and an extended time off. Um, you'd think he's young enough and everything like that to be fine, but it's still a question mark. And that doesn't even touch on the stuff about like, you know, has the bridge been burned at this point? Like, can, if there hasn't been a trade for Kyrie and Kevin Durant and it's training camp, um, are they going to be able to kind of shrug that off um, and kind of just let the ball roll out? But um, 
it, it was kind of a boring answer on your behalf, even though I agree with you. It was. It was extremely boring. But um, I, I am for the excitement and the parody that we've had the last, I'll call it two seasons, really. Um, because if there's no trade, we're looking at in the Eastern Conference as contenders for a championship going into next season. You tell me, that I'll name off the names, and you tell me if I'm wrong or just stop me if, if they shouldn't be in this tier. Miami, Boston, Milwaukee, Philadelphia, Brooklyn. Those are the teams that I think, and that's five, that's five teams. Those are teams that I think would be legitimate title contenders from day one. Obviously, trades happen in the middle of the season. Things can change. You know, people shift places. So that's that's in the East. And then out West, Phoenix, Golden State. I would throw the Denver Nuggets in there. I'm throwing the Clippers in there. Um, and then there's a bunch of others that I'll have to wait and see. I don't know what the Memphis Grizzlies yet. I don't know if they make that leap. I don't know what Dallas looks like yet. Um, the Timberwolves are interesting. The Pelicans are interesting. Uh, but I, I do think that they are terrible low. But you have nine teams going into opening day that I think you wouldn't be shocked if they were holding the LOB at the end of the year. And not every year you have that. So I, I would like to see Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving stay put. But if Kevin Durant le- were to leave, we did it for Kyrie Irving. Let's do it for Kevin Durant. Um, is there a place where you would like to see him end up? I'm going to do the same thing. I think the most interesting destination for him might be the Pelicans. Um, it, it's been reported that, you know, that they, the, the Nets are looking for kind of an all-star, young all-star in return to, for Kevin Durant, including a bunch of draft picks. Mm-hmm. Brandon Ingram is someone who kind of fits that bill. They have a ton of like rotational bench players around them who are really good, who might draw interest from the Nets. So I think they can put a really good package together for Kevin Durant. And the thought of him playing next to like Zion, CJ McCollum, um, Jonas Valanciunas, like that's a big physical talented team and i i think they're just fascinating and i think they're kind of they're, they're not getting talked about enough like i i don't ultimately like i don't know if kevin durant would sign off on going to, to new orleans like i i why, think he why probably... wouldn't he though why wouldn't he if you you just named why it would be intriguing if you're kevin durant you're, you're saying to yourself why wouldn't i get excited about playing next to zion cj uh and whoever's left like those two guys alone if you're going to go anywhere like i get why he wants to go to miami i get why he wants to go to phoenix I would think that New Orleans is just as attractive. Like you have a young stud in Zion and who, when he is healthy, we saw what he could do. And then CJ McCollum has just been Mr. Reliable. And by all accounts, seems like he's just a good dude. You know, like all, all the teammates that he's ever had, haven't had a bad thing to say about him and he could hoop. I think it's more of just an unknown, especially when it comes to Zion. He, I mean, he really hasn't played much since being drafted. And you're not going to find many people who like Zion as much as I do. Like, I think he's a, a superstar level talent. But, but isn't everything an unknown? Like, I mean, he goes to Phoenix. Chris Paul breaks down every time you go into the playoffs. That's an unknown. Is he going to be healthy enough to, to go on this run? Is Devin Booker ever going to be able to play as well as he did two years ago to get them to the finals? And then, you know, Miami, same thing. Jimmy Butler has not been the healthiest guy over the last couple of years. Uh, bam, his offense completely disappeared in the postseason. That's another unknown. So there's a lot of unknowns no matter what. I, I, I would think that just if you look at it on paper, you know, I, you know. And, and by the way, none of those teams have won. Like the, the, the Heat franchise has won a championship. Jimmy Butler hasn't. He hasn't played, you know, he, they were two wins away from making a, from winning the title in, in the bubble. So they have at least finals experience. Same with Phoenix. They were two wins away, you know, uh, two seasons ago. Um, and 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 lost so it, neither team has has gotten over the hump 
they're still unknown there. I, I agree with you. But I also think like he has a relationship with Devin Booker and Chris Paul already, sure. right? And has been reporting that he wants to play with Devin Booker. He has a relationship with with Jimmy Butler as well um, and Ben Matabayo. So I, I, I just think there is more of a known in terms of like going to a franchise that is, you know, more established. The, the players that he would be playing alongside, all of that. Um, and again, that's not to say that I, I think the Pelicans can put together... That's the thing, right? It's like when you look at a lot of these teams, even when you talk about like the Suns or the Heat, they would have to give up a very important piece of their team to get Kevin Durant, which goes without saying. He, he's absolutely incredible, one of the greatest players of all time. But there is a path that the Pelicans, as much as giving Brandon Ingram up, would hurt. He's a young star. He could be a perennial all-star for the next decade. Um, but if you gave him up in a deal for Kevin Durant and draft picks, you could still slot Kevin Durant alongside the other players that didn't include in that deal, and that team is going to be really, really good. So yeah. I, I do think the Pelicans are fascinating. I also, I mean, it's it's not a huge surprise. The Raptors have been mentioned as a team that's lurking in all sure. of this. I think they could, again, similar to the Pelicans, put together a really good package for them without kind of blowing the team up. Um, we saw what they did with Kawhi Leonard a couple years ago, going after him, what they were able to accomplish. The Kevin Durant situation is a little bit different. He's a little bit older, um, but he's still one of the best players in the league. He still has four years left remaining on his contract, which is mm-hmm. crazy. And I think he is someone, the, the injuries are a concern and his availability is a concern, but he, he is someone I think who should age gracefully, right? Can shoot the lights out. It's just a walking mismatch. Um, he's still a, a, a very impactful defender when he wants to be. Um, and just the idea of slotting him alongside, you know, a Fred Van Vliet, a Pascal Siakam, Scotty Barnes, whatever they'd have to give up. Um, I, I think the Raptors are a fascinating destination for him as well. I would like to see him on the Raptors as well, as long as Scotty Barnes is still there. For me, I, I, I'm I'm more pessimistic about Kevin Durant's decline than most people. Um, not to say that I'm, he's going to fall off a cliff and become, you know, like the 30th ranked player in the NBA in two years after being, you know, in the top three or two, uh, depending on who you talk to. I I think that he is two more championship. You could get on my back and I'll win you with title years. Um, but after that, I, I I don't I don't think he's carrying a, a, a team the way he can right now. Like if you add Kevin Durant on any roster in the NBA, you're either going from a team that is not in the playoffs to making the playoffs. So or you're jumping, you're you're just going the next level up, right? Like if you're not you're not in the playoff scene, you're you're at least getting to the play-in tournament and you're probably an eighth seed. If you're not in the play-in bubble. You're you're jumping up to home court advantage. If you're a home court advantage team, you're you're a championship team. Um, that's the way I see Kevin Durant. That's how good he is right now. I think he has two more years of that, and then after that, he's going to need some help. Is he going to be a good player? Yes, but I think keeping Scotty Barnes allows the torch to be passed in the same way that LeBron should be passing it to AD right now. Um, is LeBron you know any worse than he was? You know, two years ago, no, I don't think he is. But I think the ability to be the second best player in the league or third best player in the league, whatever you see, he's not going to do that every night. He's saving that for the postseason. And there's still 82 games that need to be played in the regular season. We saw what happens when you take the foot off the gas pedal. If you're the Nets, if you're the Lakers, and you end up in that seventh, eighth seed, you normally don't make it out of the first round. And both those teams in the past two seasons – got bounced in the in the first round uh you know last year lakers the same thing they thought they could flip the switch in the playoffs and they were home watching the second round this year this the the nets all we heard was oh don't worry about it you know playoff comes you know Kyrie's there we'll, we'll be all right and they got swept so i there's still value in the regular season and i think that 
I don't know that Katie is going to have the same desire to push through an 82 game regular season in two years time. If he does not have the energetic Scotty Barnes next to him, um, Siakam's great and he would be nice too to have, you know, still in Toronto. I think I would take Scotty Barnes right now. Um, just because I, I think Scotty's going to just improve to a point where he can be that guy that you pass the torch to. So we'll see. We'll see. The Raptors are a cool destination though. But again, I would like to see both of them stay in Brooklyn and let's, let's, uh, let's run it back one last time. Um, all right, DeAndre Ayton, let's get to him quickly. Uh, he is, uh, you know, all reports out there that uh, the Pacers are lurking uh, with an offer sheet. Why, why is that important? And what dominoes fall when that happens? I mean, we just talked about the Phoenix Suns. They've been mentioned as a um, as a team on Kevin Durant's wish list. He's, they're one of two teams that we know are on his wish list. The other is the Heat. Um, I mean, all the reporting is that he wants to play with Chris Paul and Devin Booker. Um, so you can kind of strike, take them off the table in a potential trade. And Aiden really is probably their best piece um, in terms of being able to put together a package for Kevin Durant. If he's off the table, um, it's Mikel Bridges. And as incredible as Mikel Bridges is, and it's a guy that every team in the league uh, would want, it's hard to imagine him being the centerpiece of a deal for, for Kevin Durant, one of the greatest players of all time. So if, if DeAndre Aiden signs an offer sheet with a team like the Pacers, as soon as he puts ink to paper, he can no longer be signed and traded. So that makes that complicated right there. Um, and for the Suns, I mean, the, talk, the, 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 the clock will be ticking after that because they're going to have a couple days to decide if they want to match it. Um, you know, all the reporting has been that he, Aiton wants a max contract. The Suns don't value him on a max contract. I'd be fascinated to see if, that, if he doesn't get a max contract from somewhere else, um, maybe a little bit below that, would the Suns bring him back? Um, but yeah, he, he's, I mean, he's the best free agent still remaining. It does have a domino effect for not only the Suns, but kind of their pursuit of Kevin Durant and could kind of frame the marketplace for him as well. Right. Cause we just talked about the Raptors, for example, if the Suns are kind of off the table and that's not to say, by the way, that if Aiden does leave on an offer sheet that they have zero chance of getting Kevin Durant because right. they could have another trick up their sleeve. They could get players back in return who the Nets would actually rather have than Aiden. Um, right. who knows, but you would think at least right now, as things are, that if Aiton is off the table, cannot be included in a sign and trade, that the Suns don't have as appealing of a package to get Kevin Durant, that knocks down them a peg in terms of the teams that could pursue him and moves a team like the Raptors potentially up, right? And even yeah. to the point where like the Raptors might be able to get him for even less than, than what it seems like right now. Yeah, yeah Miami, Miami. Miami gets uh, their their packages all of a sudden get stronger uh, with potential Aiton sign and trade. I will say this: if you're the Phoenix Suns. You were in the finals a year ago. You were the best team in the Western Conference last season. Um, obviously, the Game 7 at home in the second round didn't go the way you thought it would. Most people will still have the Phoenix Suns as one of the contenders going into the season. They don't got to rush. Like they, they, you know, there's, there's plenty of time. Like They don't have to go and get Kevin Durant to solidify their championship You know, you know, standing. They're going to be a team that's going to be a contender. Um, and you could kind of wait and see. The Clippers on paper, in my opinion, would have the best chance. Agreed. But they, over the last two seasons, have not been healthy at all. And we saw what the Denver Nuggets did to them in the bubble, you know, down down 3-1. Um, they're going to have to over- overcome that. Uh, and that is a big mental you know, hurdle to overcome. With Ty Lue, do I think that's different? Yes, I do. But still, you still got to be healthy and still got to show me. Uh, and that's a franchise that hasn't won anything. Uh, you know, they haven't even made the, the, the they haven't even made a conference finals. Um, yeah, they did. Uh, one, one conference yeah, finals. 
Um, but yeah, and and don't do you know, that, Colin. That's I, that's yeah. that's a conference finals appearance. Don't take that away it's from a him. one conference finals. That's that's not <laughs> great. Um, so yeah, I'm 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 not I'm not entirely sure that I'm I'm putting all my money on the on the Clippers. And if you're you're the Suns, you take your chances with what you have, um, and you know what you have a solid team led by a young superstar and a vet that uh, it's going to be hungrier than ever to you know finally get that elusive ring. Uh, all right, uh, let's quickly get to summer league um, before we run out of here. The player that you're most intrigued by, uh, give me your thoughts in in sixty seconds. I mean, Chet Holmgren's fascinating just as a prospect, right? I think everything that we kind of expected going into the draft, I think we've seen that through summer league. He's incredibly long, has great instincts defensively, and then offensively, he's kind of a unicorn, right? Like you just don't see players seven foot as his size. Um, really shoot as easily as he does, but also shoot off the dribble like mm-hmm. he does. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I like what the Thunder are building. I, I love Shea Gilgis-Alexander. I think he's a, a potential all-star. Um, Josh Giddy is, is too good for Summer League. Uh, he had a great rookie season, but you can kind of see the pieces starting to fall into place for them. Um, and I think Chet Holmgren was kind of an easy selection for them with that number two pick. I'm going with two guys here um, because I feel like they're playing the way that they are they're likely going to fit into their new teams. Uh, and that's Ochai Abaji and Keegan Murray. Ochai Abaji played, has played in two games, 33 minutes per game. Uh, and he's only taken 11 shots. We're talking about a first round pick. That tells me that he's not, he's not out there forcing it just because he's the guy. He's not out there. He's playing basketball. Like he's, he's going through the motions. Now he hasn't been efficient. He has not been efficient at all from the field, but he is short shooting uh, 40% from three-point range on seven and a half attempts. Um, and that's going to be his role, you know, on this, on this Cavs team um, is, is he's going to be a catch and shoot guy for them uh, that can put it on the deck. The other one, Keegan Murray, again, you know, he's leading all summer league players right now playing 35 minutes per game in those two games. It's short, small sample size, but he's only taking 13 and a half shots. And I think that's what he's going to take, um, you know, in his rookie season, with the Kings, it, I don't think they need him shooting more than that. Uh, and, you know, he, he, this is where he's um, intriguing because he was a guy in college that didn't need to play ran for him. He still figured it out. He still got his. And he's going to be in a situation where he's going to, you know, Darren Fox is there. Some bonuses there. Um, those two guys, all-star caliber guys, they're going to be taking the bulk of the shots. How are you going to impact the game? How are you going to find a way to impact the game? And are you okay with not having – you know, 10 shots per game uh, or, or less than 10 shots a game, especially when you were the guy in college and you're a top five pick in the NBA draft. And, you know, 13 and a half shots in summer league, that is like a big, a glorified pickup game. Um, you know, just for comparison, Cam Thomas of the Brooklyn Nets is averaging 20 shots per game. You know, he, he is happy to get out there and fire them off. Um, so, yeah, it, it is. It, it is. Uh, and he's only played 30 minutes a game compared to Keegan Burns, 35. So it is impressive to me when you see guys that can, you know, still get theirs. Um, and it's not like he's not averaging, you know, uh, great numbers. Keegan Murray's 21 points, uh, you know, six rebounds, two assists, and he's shooting 40% from three. Like that is impressive to me. Um, it, it's not just going out there and jacking them up and, you know, getting yours. It's, you know, being efficient, finding your 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 spots and and, and executing. And I, I am very intrigued. I don't think Keegan Murray's going to be – one of those guys that is in the rookie of the year conversation, but I think he'll have the season that Franz Wagner had a year ago where everyone's like, Hmm, this guy, you know, he's, he's nice. He's a piece that you can build on. Uh, and he's going to make the all rookie team. Uh, no question about it. But, uh, you, you watch him and you're going to be like, Oh, that's an NBA player right there. 
um, and, and someone that you could build on and win with. Uh, so those are the uh, two players that really do stick out to me um, so far in summer league. Before we get out of here, Scott, I will say this. I am excited that the NBA has finally come around and they look like they're going to get away, get rid of the take foul. The worst call in all of basketball, the worst play in all of basketball ruins the flow of the game. Fans who don't understand how important this is going to be to just prevent players from being lazy after giving the ball up, giving them an excuse to, you know, get back defensively, hustling back and, and making sure that they prevent the layup. That's probably going to happen uh, when you turn the ball over. I love it. The flow of the game is going to be better. It's going to penalize teams. It should go the next step because in FIBA, the, the step, the, the extra step is that at, that take foul is actually a technical foul. So that prevents you even more um, from, from, from doing it. So uh, I, I would like them to go that far. I don't think they will. Um, but now that this is close to being in place, it's going to be interesting to see if referees actually have the guts to call it in a playoff game because we had the clear path foul rule before and they made it so that it was very hard to get a, a true clear path foul. This should not be hard. This is very easy. If you don't make a play on the ball, it's it's a it's automatic free throw. Um, so you know the strategic play in, in the FIBA game is you have to be going for the ball, um, and that you know eliminates you from from having to take foul. Um, and you can clearly see it at home. You don't need the review. We don't need to sit there for twenty minutes with uh, you know going back to Sakakis here. That's an easy call. Everyone can make it in the country. Um, you know, you give someone that whistle at home, they'll be able to low it and understand it. So this is a uh, long overdue. Love it. Love it. Love it. I'm with you. And just to be clear, take fouls used to be just take the ball out of bounds and right. moving forward. It would be under this proposal, one free throw on possession. Um, I'm with you. I love it. I love to see guys sprint out on the fast break, put their old athleticism on full display. Um, Giannis might average 40 points per game next season just from this rule um, <laughs> so no I'm, I, I'm it's, it's long overdue we do need less video reviews so I hope this doesn't just continue to add to it but um, yeah th- th- this feels like something that's been long overdue can't wait for the first take foul controversy in the postseason it's going oh, to be great it is going to be great all right we are going to take a uh, an extended offseason break here on NBA sound system um, we will be off for a while but when we come back we'll be better than we ever were um, with a ton for you, the loyal listener that has been with us for uh, so many seasons now. I've lost count, Scott. I've lost count of how many seasons we've been doing this, but it's been fun. Uh, and another one uh, is, is, I guess we could call it the new season. We're coming in on on uh, the new league year has started, so I guess we're already in 2022, 2023. Um, so I, I uh, appreciate every single one of you who have listened, subscribed over the years, and I uh, appreciate you, Scott, for riding with me, Shotgun, on these uh, episodes for uh, so long. Um, but we will take a break, and we will be back um, long before the new season. Uh, but just a much further break to uh, clear the uh, cobwebs in our head uh, from talking about Kyrie and KD. By the time we come back, hopefully they're still on the Nets. They'll probably on, be on a new team. Uh, so we'll have plenty of time to, to uh, discuss that and uh, break all of that down. In the meantime, enjoy the basketball. There's plenty of basketball this summer coming up. We got Summer League, we got TBT, we got the Big Three, we got Continental Cups, we got the America Cup, the uh, Euro Cup. Um, we still have WNBA that's happening. Uh, they just hit their their uh, uh, All Star break, um, you know. And then we have the Women's World Cup coming up in Australia in September. Uh, so there's plenty of basketball before we even get back to the NBA season. So just because it's called NBA Sounds doesn't mean we're not going to be uh, paying attention to all of the basketball around the world. For Scott Rafferty, 
I am Carlin Gay, reminding you to please rate, subscribe, review, tell a friend to tell a friend to tell a friend. And we'll see you back in a couple of weeks right here on NBA Sound System. Mm-hmm.